share with you about uh, these 24 false prophets in the 11th chapter of Ezekiel. And of course, uh, background on this study, it simply meant that uh, Israel is about to be captured to the Babylons. But the prophets that were still predicting things in Jerusalem were false prophets. The real prophets were Jeremiah and Ezekiel. And of course, this account of Ezekiel happens as Ezekiel is five years already in captivity uh, by the river Shebar in Babylon. And so, and so, in the context of what I just told you, there are two, three voices. The 24 elders, false prophets in Jerusalem. Second, Jeremiah, the prophet. And of course, Ezekiel, the one who is in captivity, who had the vision of the book of Ezekiel <clears throat> that we've been reading from. I hope that will help you to see where we are. And let me explain the reason why the Brazilian, the, the Cuba flag is on my, on my right. It has to do with our trips to Cuba to preach the gospel there. And those of you who uh, love the Lord, I want to invite you to be a part of the mission trip to Cuba in October. And uh, there are already 25 or so, Jason? About 25. About 20. We need about 30 or so. So, so let's, let's read it. The word of the Lord came to me uh, uh, saying, Son of man, your brothers, your, your, your brothers who are your blood relatives in the whole house of Israel are those whom the, whom the people of, of Jerusalem have said, they are far away from the Lord. This, this land w was given to us for our possession. And of course, impending upon Jerusalem is an army of uh, close to uh, 600,000 Babylonians to expand the, the, the area of Babylon control over the face of the earth. You're talking about uh, something, something serious now. It's about 600, 600 years uh, before Christ. In, in, in which uh, uh, this whole thing took place. And so, verse 13, it, it's, uh, it's inducing, and I have to read it to 11, uh, 11, 14, and 15. It says, Therefore, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, The bodies you have thrown there are the meat, and this city is the spot, and I, but I will drive them out, out of, it, of you. You fear the sword, and the sword is what I'll bring against you, declares the Lord. I will drive out of the city and hand over to the foreigners and inflicting punishment on, on you. Meaning, the two voices backed up. The false prophets are saying, we're not going to be invaded. There's nothing going to happen to Jerusalem. And Jeremiah and Ezekiel having the vision of a great invasion and the three deportations that took place. So, now verse 13 uh, of chapter 11, 
it begins something here very powerful. It says, now as I was prophesying, and the name here is Pelatiah, the son of Benai, died. These two were princes of the people of God in a part of those 24 elders. So, why did God check and said 24? Because he knows who the prophets, prophets, false prophets are. You know, it's an interesting thing. In America, a false prophet now, by definition, are those who resist the work of the Holy Spirit. That's a false prophecy. Prophet. You, you do well, you speak well, you laugh good, you rejoice, but you deny the presence of God. And, and this is where we are. And so I'm using this scripture to expose the mind of the false prophet. So, Pityel the son of Benai died. Then I fell down upon my face and cried out with a loud voice and said, Ah, Lord God, will you make a full end of the remnant of Israel? Would you, would you take care of us? Would you have mercy on us? Let's take a look at verse 13 from another translation. Now, as I was prophesying, Remember, uh, it's Old Testament, foretelling the future. Then I fell face down and cried out in a loud voice, Ah, sovereign Lord, would you completely destroy the remnant? In other words, this is Ezekiel saying, God, would you destroy everybody? Now, notice that Ezekiel at this point, now, I want to read verse 1 of the 11th chapter. It says, Then the Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the gate of the house of the Lord that faces east. So he is in, Ezekiel is in captivity at the river Shebar called Babylon. But, but in the Spirit, God lifted him up and brought him to Jerusalem to see what he saw. You've got to get that straight. Because if you don't get that straight, you get confused on this teaching. God is showing the prophets something. Just like Elijah was showing, was shown uh, Naaman's in his bedroom. God, through the Holy Spirit, is directing the prophet. But you're going to see an emptiness and a void and false prophesying for the 24 elders. And I want you to see the difference because in America today, <coughs> what looks very good is evil. What looks very bad is holy. Listen to me. In America today, what is very good is evil. What looks real bad, what looks bad, is righteous, is good. So there's a conflict of direction from God. <clears throat> but the voices of Jeremiah and Ezekiel affirm in these verses. So, the judgment of death into those two false prophets... And the question is this, is this applicable for today? Is still God, still God judges. But those who resist the cross are already judged. Those who resist the Holy Spirit of God. And I'm talking about how the Holy Spirit operates. You can't tell me that you have a problem with tongues and, and be in concert with the Holy Spirit. You're not going to get anywhere. And so I use tongues as a, a, a way to separate the false prophets from the prophet of God. Why? Because you can't minister to God by choosing. You cannot deny the testimony of one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, the men who wrote the book of Romans, the men who wrote one-third of the New Testament, B. 
be misunderstood. You don't get along with one-third of the New Testament, then you are false prophet. So, then verse, uh, then verse 14 and 15. Now, these are comforting messages. In this struggle, it says this, Therefore, say, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, Although I send them far away among the nations and scatter them about all the countries, yet for a little while I have been a sanctuary for them. A sanctuary for them. And uh, for them in the countries where they have gone. So instead of the sanctuary being Jerusalem, God says, I'll be your sanctuary. You come to me. You relate to me. Inherits in, uh, of, 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 of Shabar, captives of Israel in, in Babylon. Look at me. I'll be your sanctuary. Look at me. I'll do. I'll protect you. Look at me. Is God saying to, the, to those who are rebellious against Him? Because the princes and the smart people that were transported uh, in the three deportations from Jerusalem back to Babylon, they were the cream of the crop. And they, if they sin against God, that's why they have to go. And this is saying to them, the captives of River Shabar, I'll be your sanctuary. You look at me, and those of you who serve the Lord, look at me. So they simply said, you are far from the Lord, but this land is given to us as a possession. And of course, they're about to lose the whole thing, the whole area. Verse 16, Therefore, say, Thus says the Lord God, Although I have cast them afar off from the heathen. Let's go through another translation in verse 16, chapter 11. Amen. Verse 16. Therefore, says, This is what the sovereign Lord, I will gather from you from the nations. Uh, the nations, Jerusalem was totally given unto the world, moved into all kinds of nations. That is why when Pentecost came and 120 representatives of all those nations came, it indicated that God was now in the New Testament bringing all the Jews back to Jerusalem, which is a critical, important movement. Even going on today, millions are returning to Jerusalem. But in those days, the prophecy of that comes from Jeremiah and Ezekiel. Verse 16, it says this, I will gather you from the nations and bring you back to the countries where you have been scattered, and I will give you back to the land of Israel again. Meaning, say comforting word, you're going to have to go to captivity, but I'm going to restore you someday. Every Christian, every human being that loves Jesus Christ, that confess your sins before God, need to take this verse in context and understand that the problems that you have now are not going to be the problems of the future. He's going to do something with your life. He's going to restore you. He's going to cleanse you. He's going to forgive your sins. Believe Calvary. Be positive. Put that in the back of your mind. But right now, the condemnation and the judgment is taking place. So God, God made two of the princes die. So the question is this. Those in America today that are, that are directing the church to their personal views, denying the cross, denying forgiveness, putting people in the pulpit who have unrepented sin. Can they be judged? Yes, they can. 
Now, I'm not saying to you that this perhaps are going to happen. This will happen. What makes me different than those who are, are prophesying wrong is that I'm putting my trust on the cross of Calvary. I put my trust on Jesus. I take communion. He cleansed me from all my sins. And I want to reconcile with everyone I know. And I understand who they are and ask forgiveness. But in some cases, you're never going to get it. Because they don't believe in reconciliation. They believe in half, half repentance. And that's the problem that we're facing in the church today. Verse, uh, verse uh, 17. It says this. Verse 17. Verse 18. Then they will return to it and remove all of its vile images and detestable idols. And I will give them up an undivided heart and put a new spirit on them. I will remove from them their heart of stone and give them a heart of flesh. 18 and 19. It's a promise. In the midst of all the death that occurred in those days, Jeremiah the prophet Ezekiel is saying at the river Shebar in Babylon to the people of God in captivity, I will remove from them their heart of stone. And this is a, 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 a prophecy for the future. But that's a promise from God. Okay? Uh, the presence of Jehovah. Now, tell me a little bit about the sanctuary. Because on verse 18, on verse 15, he talks about, I will be your sanctuary in captivity. You come to me and you find me. You're talking about 70 years of captivity, turning every single spared Jewish gifted people into, into slaves. And so it was a, a very difficult thing for Israel to go through. The Babylon Empire really came down on Israel. And so uh, you look and, and you see this idea of the tabernacles. Uh, I, I, uh, it's, it's on... Uh, it's on verse 16. Okay. The Lord says the Lord, Although I have cast them out far away from the heathen, although I have scattered them among the countries, yes, I will be to them as a little sanctuary. The King James says a little sanctuary. So what is this idea of, of the little sanctuary? This is the Lord speaking. You don't have the big, 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 humongous temple in Jerusalem. But I'll, be, I'll give you a little sanctuary. And of course, the little sanctuary here, and the idea here is this, the presence of Jehovah that makes the sanctuary for the little while. The presence of Jehovah that makes the sanctuary, and not the sanctuary that secures the presence. In other words, the sanctuary that God is speaking through Ezekiel to the people of God in Babylon, I'll give you a little sanctuary. But it's not to you, in other words, it won't be a sanctuary until you find me. In other words, you, you can go to the temple all you want, you can go to Sunday school all you want, you can go to, to every single service, you give tithe, you go to hell the same way. You have to find the presence of God in His little sanctuary. That's what the people of God was about to hear. Now, 
the scattering of the people of God. I want you to turn to to First Kings chapter fourteen, and I'll take a little time to stop a little bit. First Kings chapter fourteen, verse fifteen. It's right here, fifteen, verse fourteen. It says this. Although he did not remove the high places, Asa's heart was fully committed to the Lord all his life. He brought into the temple of the Lord the silver, the gold, and the articles that his father had dedicated. Am I, am I reading properly First Kings 14? I'm sorry, I think I made a mistake. 14, 15. Here we go. 14, 15. And the Lord will strike Israel so that it will be like a reed swaying in the water. He will, remove, he will, he will uproot Israel from this good land and give, and that he gave to their forefathers and scatter them beyond the river because they provoked the Lord to anger by making Ashrath pose. So what is an Ashrath pose? If you've been with us to Israel, which we're going in March next year, then we're going to visit, uh, first we visited uh, 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 the seven churches of Revelation uh, in, in Turkey and then in Israel. So, uh, a little commercial there. What is he saying on this on this 15th uh, chapter 12 of, of 1 Kings? Is that the little sanctuary is where you find God, but the presence of the Lord is what you want. So, so the presence of Jehovah that makes the sanctuary and not the sanctuary that makes the presence. Say with me one more time. Just to remember this verse, a very important verse. It says, The presence of Jehovah that makes the sanctuary, and not the sanctuary that makes, that secures the presence. In other words, the presence is always what you want. And when you look at the 24 elders, there's no presence, there's no desire, there's no forgiveness. Listen, I'm a, I, I want to say something to you. In the conference that I served for 42 years, I was mostly discriminated every annual conference by the so-called pastors, when in fact they were false prophets. As I encountered the Holy Spirit of God, I became isolated, and they would not receive me where they were. So I want to pray to you today and pray that the Lord will bless you and strengthen you so you might understand what I'm talking about. But let's continue a little bit more. Let's go back to Ezekiel. Okay, find your, uh, find Ezekiel uh, chapter 11, verse 17. Take your time, take your time. 11, 17. Get your Bible and look at 11, 17. Ezekiel 11, 17. Look at that. All right. It says, therefore says, this is what the sovereign Lord says, I will gather you from the nations and bring you back to the countries where you have been scattered and I will give you back the land of Israel. So it's a, it's a futuristic, uh, a eschatological verse that points to Israel in captivity. This is not the way it's going to finish. You, God's going to redeem you. Okay? But coming from the prophet and not from the false prophets. All right? When it comes from the prophets, false prophets, there's, there's manipulation. When it comes from the real prophet, Jeremiah and Ezekiel, is comforting. The Holy Spirit encourages and undergirds and strengthens. Meaning, if you are a false prophet, you will never accept the work of the Holy Spirit. 
But if you are a Jeremiah or you are an Ezekiel and you accept the power of the Holy Spirit because it comes with your inheritance, then God will bless you abundantly. So you have to make up your mind. You have to make up your mind. Identification is essential before engaging with a sea of false prophets. Identification of who you are is primarily the place that makes Satan run from you. So I usually say to people when I meet them for the first time, I just want you to know that I speak in tongues. Meaning, if you are a false prophet, you, you, I want to find out who you are. I want to find out what you believe. And I bring them into confrontation. Why? Because there are too many of them. Too many of them. And you're telling me that uh, the, the, those who are serving the church today with unconfessed sins will, will be able to be successful? My foot, spiritual foot, this big foot, it's not going to happen. Why? Because they're false prophets. They want a type of form of godliness that denies the power, says John Wesley. Now, Ezekiel chapter chapter 11, first, uh, I would say, let's go to verse 18. It's beginning to close. They will return to it and remove all its vile images and detestable idols. 18, 19. I will give them undivided heart and put in a new spirit on them. Now, go, go all the way to verse 21. But as for those whose heart are devoted to their vile images. Because the reason why the the reason why the, the deportation took place, three deportations to Babylon of the people of God, the reason why it took place is because they were building idols right in the temple court. They were building idols, physical idols. You don't, you don't, uh, you're not understanding me. What can separate you from the will of God? You make, you make an idol. What is an idol? Anything that rises above the knowledge of God. You don't want to forgive. You don't want to repent. You want somebody else to tell you what to do. And that's an idol. If God can talk to you directly, don't listen to anybody else. And so that is why I say to people when I meet them, I just want you to know before you begin talking, that I do speak. Well, I speak in tongues right in front of them. As an evangelist that just don't carry and don't hold anything back. And I don't, I don't, I'm not afraid of anybody. I don't belong to anybody. I belong to God. And I, I put the table, put the, the cake on the table right away. If you don't eat it, then, then I know who you are. And I'll bring down their own heads what they have done, declares the Sovereign Lord. In other words... Uh -uh. It's going to happen. They're going to go to Babylon. Now, Babylon to us today is a form, a place of emptiness and void. You have no fellowship with God. You're a political monster joke. Imagine those people in the Congress, in the Senate of the United States of America, voting that babies be killed. Think about that. Think about how, how much evil that is in America today. And so, now verse 22 begins to now ravel and begins to put uh, things in perspective. 
But as for them whose heart walks after the hearts of their detestable things in their abominations, I will recompense the, their way upon their own heads, says the Lord. Again, God is saying that when you quench the Holy Spirit, when you belittle the Holy Spirit, when you do not accept the presence of God where you are worshiping, You are a false prophet. I, and I want to tell you, you want to be a good prophet? Say, come Holy Spirit. And I'm not saying that uh, this measurement that I'm putting upon you is something that you have to do it yourself. But I, I practice that. I spent too many years with dead preachers, morbid preachers, Smoking their cigars at the end of the service. And they haven't mentioned Jesus one time. False prophet. Listen. The board of ordained ministry is a cemetery for a lot of preachers. You have to confess your sin. When you do, you clean. You clean. You have to forgive those who trespass against you. That's why the, the, ten, the, the ten commandments is... Forgive them who trespasses against us. And lead us not into... So, amen. So let's go to verse 22. Because it's four minutes and, and, and 55 seconds coming in. Here we go. Then the cherubim, with the wheels beside them. Back to chapter 10. He's referring to the cherubs. And the four or five of them who line up in front of the throne. And they move around the, the throne of God. And, uh, and, and so, he says... Then the cherubs with their wheels beside them, full of eyes, spread their wings, and the glory of God was above them. He's talking about the glory, leaving the threshold of the house, moving into the front door, and then uh, to the eastern gate. <coughs> he says, The glory of the Lord went up from within the city and stopped above the mountain east of it. Now, what mountain is that? What mountain is that? Is is a is a. It's a place that has a lot of olive garden, olive trees. What is that name of that place, Jason? Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives is where everything takes place. And he's saying, uh, 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 there, the glory of the Lord went up from within the city and stopped above the mountain east of east of it, meaning that if you are on the 42 acres where there's the mosque looking to the Mount of Olives on the top of it there's a hotel there the seven arches beyond that is Bethany but the glory of God climbed Mount of Olives and moved the cherubims were moving and the glory was on top of them meaning the base of the cherubs the glory of God was the cherubs it would not in other words Holy moves only upon holy. Holy moves only upon holy. And here they are on the top of that beautiful mountain. And the heart of God is sad because they lost. Uh, uh, they lost the glory of God. The glory is leaving the temple. That's chapter chapter ten. Let me finish reading this and I'll stop. Amen. 
the Spirit lifted me up and brought me to the exiles in Babylon. So he really was in Jerusalem in the Spirit, and now he's back in, in, in Babylonia. In, in the vision given by the Spirit of God. The vision came by the Holy Spirit. And it's a vision. So it confirms that Elijah saw, uh, uh, Ezekiel, sorry, had a vision. And then the end of verse 24 and 25. Then the vision I had seen went from me. And I told the, the, the exiles everything the Lord has shown me. Let me ask you a question. Would you make a decision today to stand firm as to who you are? Now you probably say, Rick, Paul said that, uh, that uh, some will pray in the Spirit and others will not pray in the Spirit. But when you quench the possibility of you praying in the Spirit, you announce that the presence of God is not sufficient for you. You don't have to have tongues, but I can tell you, you cannot be against it. And the true story today is that everybody fringes at the thought. Pastors fringe at the thought that I might have somebody in my presence who speak in tongues. And that's sinning against the Holy Spirit. That will keep you out of ministry. That will make the back, the back door greater than the front door. That will ruin your finances. That will cause you to be sick. That will cause you to be morbid. That will cause you to cry in the darkness. That will cause you to repent of your sins if you go to Calvary and say, God, I have sinned against you and your Holy Spirit. I don't care what you give me, which gift operates in me. But I, I want to, first of all, I want, to, I want to meet you in your little sanctuary. Heavenly Father, convict the people of God that are listening to me this morning. Convict them, God, that there's no way they can overcome evil except by the power of the Holy Spirit. Bless them abundantly, Lord. Bless their families, their children. And Lord, separate them from the false prophets. In Jesus' name, amen.
Eu quero ser um testemunho Remove o erro e crie o bem em mim Estrela alva brilha em mim Brilha a luz que inunda o meu viver Brilha a luz que é nua. 